Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. 110 to 96 is your final. The Jazz beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Post game brought to you by both Mark Miller, Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Ben, tonight was the night Mike Conley came alive, specifically in the third quarter. He finishes the night 29 points. He had five assists. He did it on an 11 of 17 shooting, five of eight from three, and uh, absolutely took this game over in the third quarter, and that's certainly what Jazz fans were hoping to see out of him on this team. Yeah, you couldn't ask for much more. 18 points in the third quarter for Mike Conley, six of eight from the floor, hit all four of his three-point attempts, got to the free throw line, had an assist to Boyan Bogdanovich, had an alley-oop to Rudy Gobert, and 18 points, and then responsible for another five on assists alone. I mean, a 23-point outing in a 38 point quarter when was the last time the Jazz had a guard a true guard not named Donovan Mitchell who could do that type of thing I mean it's just it's been a while it has Uh, Hayward was a fantastic player but he was a forward and you just didn't see that type of big offensive explosions and so much of the summer for the Jazz was just about giving Donovan Mitchell not even games off but give him a quarter off Donovan Mitchell can't be great all the time, every game. And now we've seen in the first five games of the season, Boyan Bogdanovich step up and have huge quarters, take over games. And if we can see this from Mike Conley once every two weeks, you know, and win these games that are tough, and I know the Clippers were shorthanded tonight, but if you can see Mike Conley step up and, and put in a huge quarter where you can have, you know, he doesn't need to have 18, but can he give you 12 in a quarter? Right. A couple times, a, you know, a month. Jazz win those games, and all of a sudden you are talking about a 55-win team. And 55 wins in the West this year, it's probably a second or th- a second seed. And, and if you're doing that, you're hoping to make the Western Conference Finals, which is exactly what Dennis Lindsay built this team to do. Well, and we talk about how important Donovan Mitchell is in the fourth quarter when it comes to winning time and he needs to take over the game, and, and all of that, that stuff is really true. But if you can get Mike Conley to put in a third quarter like that where the game was essentially over after the third quarter, not quite. The Clippers got back within 10 in the in the fourth and kind of made a game out of it. Quinn Snyder had a call a timeout to halt the run but you know for the for the most part you know you take a lot of pressure off Donovan Mitchell if you can you can put some distance between you and the other team going into the fourth quarter and then maybe coast a little bit and so this was a good win for the Jazz and I realized that that Kawhi wasn't there and we'll get a chance hopefully to see how the Jazz do against a Kawhi Clipper team on on Sunday but this team has talent they're pesky they play defense and the Jazz were still able to score 110 points this is is a nice win as far as I'm concerned I've always tried to make this analogy the best thing you can do is do your homework on Friday night and just enjoy the rest of the weekend and that's kind of what the Jazz have done by beating Phoenix and now beating the Clippers and you've got a very beatable Kings team we've seen that so far already this season Jazz get three wins this season or this week I should say to start this week it doesn't matter what happens against the Clippers on Sunday I mean if you're winning 75% of your games you're doing great work and the Jazz are doing their work early and and getting it done so good to see you for the Utah Jazz getting the victory tonight and it was it, it felt like I think the best team effort and it's going to be a little bit overshadowed by by what Mike Conley did and deservedly so and good for Mike for stepping up and playing that way but in the first half Jake I mean what we talked about at the halftime was was how good the Jazz bench had been Mm -hmm. and Joe Ingles was plus 15 at the end of the first quarter I mean plus 15 at the end of one quarter is really hard to do and then you had uh, Emmanuel Moutier and Ed Davis and Jeff Green were all 
plus 10 or better. So the, the Jazz were off to a, a hot start with their bench, but the starters had struggled and then totally changed in the third quarter. Did you see what Joe finished plus minus at? What was he? 27 plus. Not, not bad. That's amazing. It's not bad. All right. Uh, with that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. Coming up on the other side, we'll let you hear from Coach Snyder at the podium. We'll take you inside the locker room as well as continue to break this one down. Uh, for those of you uh, network stations leaving us, our next broadcast is on Friday night. Jazz are in Sacramento to take on the Kings. Tip-off will be at 8. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. For those of you sticking around with us, Ben and I will continue to talk about this one. 110 to 96 is your final Jazz over the Clippers here on the Jazz Radio Network. This has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray. And Lexus of Linden by Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you. And by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. Ow! This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz Basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. The Jazz victorious. They beat the Clippers 110 to 96. Post game brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Let's get to your sharp stats of the game presented by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz led tonight by Mike Conley, 29 points on 11 of 17 shooting. Donovan Mitchell added 24 on 10 of 17 shooting. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich with 14. Rudy tonight with 13. 13. Uh, Joe Ingles coming off the bench, 10 points, 7 assists. He had a couple of steals. The Jazz overall from the field, Ben, 55% and 45.8% from three. They didn't shoot as many. Uh, you were getting used to seeing them shoot in the 20s, which is a little odd. But they made 11 of them, 11 of 24. So a nice night statistically for the Jazz. Maybe most important, only 14 turnovers. So they cleaned that up a little bit. Yeah, and 20 turnovers from the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, and the Jazz scored 27 off that. So that that was really the number because, Jake, as you mentioned, I mean, you, you look at the offensive stats from the Clippers tonight, 47% is great. 35%'s not amazing, but it's it's good enough. I mean, that's not going to lose you a game. And then 10 or 12 from the free throw line, 12 isn't a ton of free throws, but the Jazz just shot 16. So it really was that, that 20 turnovers the Jazz forced that, uh, that got them to win because otherwise I thought the Clippers played a fine offensive game, but for the fifth straight game, Jazz uh, don't allow an opponent to score 100 points. And points per game isn't everything anymore in the NBA. It's so much about uh, how much you give up per possession, but you're just not going to lose a lot of games when you, when you don't allow 100 points and the Jazz have... Uh, have held all their opponents so far this year under the century mark. All right, Ben, let's throw things on down to the podium. Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. As a person, you know, what, what does this mean for Mike Conley and, and uh, kind of getting off his yeah. start to the season? Well, I, I, if, if he had had a couple games like he did in the middle of the year, we wouldn't be 
be talking about it that much. So I, and I don't. It's good to see him play well. You know, I, I thought some of it was just him getting comfortable and relaxing. Um, it was also him making really good reads and you know getting his shoulders on the rim, playing downhill, and just taking what the defense gave him. And that's who he is. Um, so I, I don't want to make too big a deal of it, but it's good to, you know, it's good for him to play well. And you know, when players play well, usually the team plays well. So he, I thought he mixed it up too. He took a shot and got to the rim and got Rudy some some easy stuff, and it was good all the way around. Next question, Coach. Uh, what can you say about the the second unit, Joe? Manual Ed uh, and what they brought. I, I know single game plus minus obviously can be unreliable, but uh, it seems but like we're going to talk about plus minus. I'm anyway. going to reference okay. it. Real box plus minus or just this plus just minus? The, just the single okay. one. Okay, single game plus minus because it's on the stat sheet. Um, regardless of what the numbers say, they, they actually, as you pointed out, they, they're good. Um, but I thought that group really came in and um, you know played defense first of all and when you get that kind of effort defensively usually it turns into good stuff offensively and they were able to convert so in, in this case the plus minus I think tells the story of a group that came in and you know not only played hard defensively but played together well uh, Mike was obviously a huge catalyst for that third quarter run what else kind of Change the energy after after you guys had given up that run to end the second quarter. Yeah, I I, I just thought our I thought our defense picked up. Um, we felt like they were getting into the lane a little too easily, and we were fouling. And um, those things kind of go together. I thought we were we just were better on the ball. Our pursuit of the ball handlers, where we got some contests from the guards without kind of getting cracked and, and falling off. So I, I think our effort. Um, in particular on the ball defensively w was good and that was a catalyst for for what we did on the other end Jason in the background hey there coach if knowing that uh, they were without their two best players and you said earlier today that you know you never really can count on those kind of things because the other team's going to come to play how important was it to get this win knowing what uh, the opportunity they were yeah I mean them? tremendously important you know I, I mentioned before I mean this is they're 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 one of the best teams in the league, and tonight, as you mentioned, you know, obviously Kawhi didn't play, and Paul George is is still, um, you know, recuperating. So, um, you know, that that their identity as a team is is one of, you know, they play hard and they play together, and they do that no matter who's on the floor, and um, and we've been on the other end of that. Um, and obviously, Patrick Beverly is one of the best defenders in the league. You know, lose one of the best scores in the league. Um, Montrez is a guy that you know when you flipping channels, you you stop and watch him and how how hard he plays. So um, it's a credit to Doc and and their whole team. They're a team that has you know a tremendous character, and they're able to they win games regardless of who's on the court. It's now five games where you guys have allowed 96 points or fewer. Mm -hmm. uh, are you surprised to the degree that the switch has flipped from the preseason where, you know, obviously things were very different? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we're working at it, you know, and, and I think just like the offensive end, we got to continue to find continuity. I think the same is true of the defensive end. And, you know, there's going to be teams that, that have big nights against you and, to the extent that you minimize those and minimize those runs, um, that's all we're trying to do. And I think our guys take pride in the defensive end, and um, it's going to get harder. And we got to we got to keep getting better. 
Still so much about defense with Coach Schneider. He's nothing uh, if not consistent at uh, what he emphasizes in these uh, in these post-game press conferences, but obviously feels really good and uh, uh, was confident about Mike Conley and his performance, Ben. Uh, it's what you had to see, and, and Quinn Snyder's right. It's so funny. Quinn Snyder loves to talk about this, where if you measure anything in tens, he seems to laugh at it just because we kind of naturally as humans count things in tens. And he says, we, we just, it's just arbitrary to break games down like that. And he's talking about the opening games of the season that same way, where if Mike Conley had had a five-game stretch where he shot 20%, but it happened game 36 through game 40, nobody would think the world was falling. It just so happened that that's when his bad streak of the season. And baseball players, you know, with the World Series wrapping up tonight, go through cold streaks where they go one for 20. And then they'll have a streak where they go 12 for, you know, 25. And that's how they get their 300 average. Rarely are you consistently hitting one for three every night or Mike Conley going to shoot exactly 45% from the floor and 38% from the three-point line every night. You have high streaks and you have low streaks. And and we started the season with Mike Conley on a low streak. And now that number is going to look drastically different. The nice thing about Conley, though, is he's not necessarily or usually that streaky of a player. I mean, we've seen guys in jazz uniforms and then across the NBA that will go one of five, one of five, one of five, eight of ten, and it looks like they're a 40% shooter or a 50% shooter, and right. we know that's just really not the case. I would expect we see more similar to this from Mike Conley going forward than we do the first five games or the first four games of the season. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Plus, it, it didn't help that, well, in large part because of Mike Conley coming to the team, but the you know Bogdanovich, no doubt, uh, as well in the other new faces, that there was so much enthusiasm and, and anticipation for this particular team, more so than I've seen from Utah Jazz fans in a long 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 time so he that hurt a little bit too because everybody was so excited to see it and so then all of a sudden it gets tense and then we saw we see it culminate though with jazz fans chanting conley uh uh, conley's name in the third quarter where it was this really neat moment where the jazz finally got to and i say finally like it's a long time we're talking about you know four games but get to see mike do what everybody knows he was capable of uh uh, of doing and i'm totally with you ben i I think your comparison to baseball is perfect you know there's there's always going to be these ups and downs and you know different things affects people in different ways but the truth is is that this guy is he's been playing at an all-star level for his entire career and you don't do that for 12 years and all of a sudden forget how to play and we're point guard bias in utah yeah i mean we have one of the best who's ever done it in john stockton and darren williams for what eight years in a jazz uniform was, was either the first or the second best point guard in the league with chris paul and they just danced back and forth whenever they were playing against one another yep. so we are very point guard spoiled and very hypercritical of what point guards look like because most of the people fell in love with basketball watching the greatest pure point guard yep. of all time so we're aware of what they do well when they do it right, and what looks wrong when they're doing it wrong. I mean, I think that is a bit of a curse of being a point guard in Utah, but when Mike Conley does it well, Jazz fans certainly recognize, and they gave him a great uh, ovation tonight. But it wasn't just it wasn't just the crowd. The Jazz bench, after Mike yeah. Conley's explosion, they met him at half court in the third quarter. I mean, this, as much as we can say, oh, we weren't worried about it, or we knew this was going to happen, clearly everybody recognized how big of a struggle this was because George Yang was out there yeah. Joe Ingles was out there Jeff Green they all met him at half court and, and he could feel the monkey had jumped off his back finally I mean he was waving to the crowd and getting pumped up and he wants this fan base to like him oh yeah and you could tell it meant something to him that they uh, they would support and you, uh, and we'll hear hopefully from Mike in, in his postgame interview you know you talked about how well spoiled we are with point guards I think that's what made the Trey Burke years a little rough yeah because everybody knew exactly what they were looking at right like oh this this is not right it's <laughs> not what we do that's not how it's supposed to look I've seen how it's supposed to look and that's not how it's supposed to look all right down to the locker room we go Tony Park standing by with Jeff Green.
what I'm saying? Nashville. No, nah, Mike was great tonight. Uh, uh, it was great to see him, you know, back in red form. Uh, he took what the defense gave him and he made shots, and it was awesome to see. What was the difference at the start of that third quarter? You guys went on that monster run. Uh, we got stops. Uh, started with the defensive end. Um, we know if we get stops, we can get in transition. We have a lot of guys who can score. Um, but defense is what's first for us, and we got a lot of stops tonight. What were you able to do defensively to tighten the screws in that window? Because getting uh, the stops. But yeah, communication. Uh, I think we did a great job of communicating, uh, knowing where their shooters were. Um, you know, Coach did a great job of drawing up our schemes and um, you know we did a great job of following his uh, what he wanted and you know it worked for us tonight. When that light is on defensively I mean you guys feel the sort of stranglehold you can put on other teams and, and the the terms that you can dictate the way you did tonight? Yeah of course especially when we're on the same, <laughs> we're on the same page uh, it's going to be a tough night for anybody who goes against us uh, we just have to continue to get better at it uh, continue to you know talk communicate and um, you know we're going to continue to get better. Jeremy, how about those nationals? <laughs> yeah, how about those nationals, baby? We look great out there. You know, first World Series. You know, take. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't watch the game. I couldn't watch the game, but I got updates out through the game. Uh, but you know, it's great for the you know for our city. You know, uh, you know, first one uh, for the Nats, and you know, and I know they're going to celebrate. DC's going to celebrate. Uh, but you know. Now, now it's over for you know my sports in DC. Uh, now it's about it's about Utah, huh? Where am I going? Oh. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> you, you look at the way they want it though, like coming from behind against Milwaukee, coming from yeah, behind in I Game mean, Five against the Dodgers. Resiliency at his at his best, man. We fought and we fought and we we got it done at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying, Mike? You know what I'm saying, Mike? <laughs> All right, that's Jeff Green, you guys. And, of course, he's wearing that hat with a curly W. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Of course, the Nationals World Series champions, Jeff Green, happy uh, about it. I wonder who was assigned to give him updates during the game. I'm surprised he uh, told people what's going on. Kind of surprised he leaked that. Probably got it at halftime. I can't imagine it like the third quarter, but maybe someone was yelling to him. Well, you have one of the uh, the Gatorade guys, you know, giving giving updates in his ear. But yeah, would I'm sure you really, that happens more than we recognize. But would you really admit it? Right, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, not with Quinn. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a great point. <laughs> like, hey, no, don't pull, pass that along. Yeah, seriously, somebody. <laughs> Do we need to describe what your outfit was today that you came in wearing? Uh, yeah, I have my uh, I have my Expos hat right here. That's not a hat. What is that? It's a homemade visor. It's a homemade visor. <laughs> it, it, at it's one an point, old, was it's a, a snapback blue Expos hat that you have butchered with a pair of kitchen scissors. I've known so Jake about just, 10 years, and that's he's had that the whole time. It's just the yep. sweatband <laughs> cut around the Expo's logo. I'm a fan. Why, why did you need a visor and not a, uh, a full hat? I, You know, because I have another Expo's hat, which I cannot find, by the way. I dug through my entire house, and I cannot find it. But I found this thing. And I had, since I had two of them, I was like, well, I'll make a visor out of one. Why not? Do you ruin everything you have two of? You only have one kid. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> You can't just butcher one because the other one's in good shape, Jake. I was young. I was young. I, I don't know. But but yet it has stuck with me this whole time. Yeah. So hey, you still, still have it. it. Yeah, how about that? Serves its purpose. Way to go. All right, we'll get you more sound from the locker room coming up right around the corner. Uh, the Jazz win tonight, 110-96. to And remember, when the Jazz win, you win. The day after every Jazz win, Homer away. Little Caesars is giving you a free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you'll receive a free, large, extra-most, bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations, mobile or only more next here on the Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. It's brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Jazz Victorious 110-96. to We'll uh, get back uh, down to the locker room coming up here momentarily. And a quick side note, by the way, if you're just jumping into your car, a little news, big news actually around the rest of the NBA. Steph Curry has a broken left hand. And Ben, we were just watching the replay of the play that uh, that he did it. And real quick, just to throw out this note, and then we'll get back to the Jazz. So in the last six games, the Warriors have played. They've had Durant out with an Achilles, Kalei with an ACL, and Curry with a broken hand, all in six games. That's, Insane. That's just wild. All right, back down to the locker room we go. Tony, standing by with Rudy Gobert. Good night. How about in the third quarter? I mean, what was the mentality at that point? Because he just went on that 10-0 run himself. I mean, for me, it was just try to get him open. You know, just try to get him open. And, uh, you know, he did a great job winning the defense and knocking down the shots or driving in the lane when, when he needed to. How would you evaluate your defense tonight, too? It was another game 100, under 100. I think we did a great job, you know, beside maybe the end when they, when they, went, they went small and they hit a few threes. Took us a minute to to figure it out, but beside that, we did a great job overall. Legitimately worried about the defense in preseason? Is are you surprised at how quickly the switch is flipped? It's not really a, not about being worried. We just needed a, some urgency, and it wasn't there, you know. And now, if we start every game with a sense of, of urgency, and we communicate the way we did, and and also have that toughness. That we that we have every night, you know, uh, we're gonna be, I think, the best defensive team in the league. Is this about as focused as any team you've had a chance to be around? Mm, not as focused as a French national team, but. Ah, you lost. <laughs> when we beat USA, it was great. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's in the past. Still sneaking out of there. It's in the past. You found an interesting no, way. Seriously, seriously. Um, we, we all have the same goal, and I feel like this year everyone is really uh, sacrificing for that goal. And when we are on the same page and we all strive to to attain the same goal, usually great thing happens. You talk about everybody wanting the same goal, but how difficult is it to have this many guys with the same definition of what it takes, that unselfishness? And everybody wants to be unselfish but that, and, and be a hard worker, but it seems like everybody has the same definition of what that means. Uh, we have a lot of guys that understand the game and that you know, know that if they make the teammate shine, you know they, the team gonna shine and they're gonna shine. And we need to all have that mentality. And when we do, you know, we, I, mean, I don't think any team can guard us. You know, and I already think a lot, not a lot of team can score on us. But if we're able to play that way offensively too, you know, we, we become a, a very tough team on both ends. Was there anything that happened this morning that gave you that feeling about Mike, or was it just a feeling? Well, just a feeling. I, I can I can feel things. You know. The second unit really had kind of a really strong stretch that kept the game in hand for you guys. Uh, what what really happened during that time? What did the guys do out there that made them so successful? I think they did a great job defending. First of all, you know they they held them to I don't know how many points and. In the hand of the first quarter and, and also beginning of the second quarter and uh, just move the ball offensively you know and when we do that I think our bench can really can really dominate games and, and tonight they, they were key you know they did a great job uh, putting a, a footprint on that game what was going through your mind during that third quarter when Mike started to go off I mean it was just it was just fun you know it was just fun to watch and, and I was just trying to you know, make sure I, I do everything I can to, to get him open. And, you know, he was just 
he was just playing great. And it wasn't like he was making anything unbelievable, you know, he was just making the right play and knocking down the shots or getting to the lane and, you know, and, and finish at the, at the rim. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, ben, Rudy tonight. Uh, uh, excuse me, let me scroll down to it. Rudy tonight, 13 points on 5 of 7 shooting. He was 3 of 8 from the line. Struggled tonight after uh, being so good on Monday night. 7 boards to to go along with 2 blocks. And we did see him connect on a lob with Mike Conley, which yeah. is not something we had seen yet. Uh, two things I love from Rudy Gobert. First of all, he, he's not had these huge statistical outbursts except for the 18 rebounds he grabbed the other night against Phoenix, which were huge, and of course his free throws. But otherwise, he's not getting a ton of looks. He's not the focus of this offense. And I think we still have a pretty happy Rudy Gobert, which is good. I mean, I think his emotions are swayed somewhat by his statistical output, and, and he's not shown that this season, and that's a good sign of maturity. Uh, secondly, I, I, what he said about Mike Conley was dead on. He said he wasn't doing anything special. He was just hitting the shots that were there. I like that. He didn't have to hit a bunch of crazy shots to have an impact. Back down to Tony in the locker room we go with Donovan Mitchell. Seemed to play the way that you all kind of expected and the way he expected. Was it just him doing the same things and finally breaking? Same reps, just shooting them with confidence, you know. Um, biggest thing is he stuck with it. You know, I think that's what makes him such a, a great player, stuck with it. And that's like, he's going to have a lot of nights like tonight. You know, I think this is the beginning, like I said um, before. But this is felt great for him and I felt great for us. You watched the fans tonight. They're chanting his name. How, how can you describe what it's like to play for a fan base that's appreciative of you when things are not going well to know that eventually things are coming? I think it just it gives you that much more support. You know, I think it's it's one of those things where you just feel confident coming back in. You know, they're always going to support you. Even when my rookie year, when things were, were down on us, you remember that? Like, you know, there was never like a we suck type vibe or anything. It was just like, we're going to find a way, you know. And I think, you know, Mike's experiencing that for the first time. And, you know, the, the fan base is incredible. Bench seemed to really get into it. I mean, obviously, getting excited for anyone playing well, but is that a testament to just kind of who Mike is for this team? Yeah, for sure. I think we all, we all, like I said, we all felt it. You know, I think we all felt his excitement. Mike's pretty, a, a pretty calm guy, and he was yelling and screaming. So once we saw that, we were kind of, you know, feeding off that too. That little rotation adjustment where you're playing with the second unit, what does that do for your offensive game to go up against um, the second unit? I think it just allows me to just continue to be aggressive. Um, I think for me, just finding my ways to attack, you know, I think coming into the game, getting into it, you know, getting into a groove with Mike, Boyan, and, and Rudy, and then coming out and then coming back in and getting uh, in a groove with, with Joe, you know, that we've had since, you know, since I got here, I think it, it makes it a, a lot easier, but um, I, 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 I like it. You know, Sorry, you've no. talked about how, you know, you've had guys like Kawhi and Paul George guarding you for the whole game rather yeah. than... Yeah, what do you add in your rookie year? Now you kind of yeah. get a chance to play against second unit defenders. Is that? I mean, I don't, I don't go and look at it like it's going to be easier. I think for me, just continuing to just do what I do, you know, just trying to get the same looks and then create, you know, I think just making it a little bit easier myself. You know, obviously having guys like Mike and, and Joe and Boyan and guys just trying to take the pressure off, and then E at the point, you know, as well. You remember last year there were times where I was at the point for pretty much the, the whole game, so it just allows me to kind of just relax and also focus on the other end too a lot more and be a, be a better defender. What are you seeing from Emmanuel out there? He's um, being aggressive. You know, I think for a guy like him, just continue to be aggressive. Obviously, there are times where he's attacking, you know, and he, um, what I say, he, he drives and he kicks. You know, he's picking up defenders, being able to do it all. I think he's provided a huge spark for us, especially in the second unit. Supreme confidence on defense. The way you guys go about it with a business-like attitude. Is that the way it feels while you're on the yeah. floor? Too? I think for us, just continuing the build. You know, obviously with the preseason we had, we wanted to make that a little bit of an urgency. And I think now, like, we're really sticking with it, really making it a point to, to keep teams, you know, 
in, in the 20s and in, in quarters and I don't know how many points they scored tonight I think we held them under 100 and I think that's been it's been the theme we just got to keep doing it yeah that, that you guys feel like you can dictate the terms when you I want think, yeah I think like I said defense travels you know defense is the one thing we can always control you can't control whether the ball goes in or not but you can control you know defense and your effort and your urgency and I think we have we've done a great job of that mid-range looks pretty automatic for you at the moment you feeling on a different just, comfort level I think there? for me it's just just being comfortable and I think just slowing down patience um, a lot of times it was either <clears throat> a three or getting all the way to the rim so now just finding gaps and you know when you're hitting that the get the big has to get up and then that's when you get to the rim and stuff like that so just being patient like I said I've been trying to just slow down you know this year and I think I've been doing a solid job of that there's such an emphasis on like paint twos and threes and all that sometimes is that mid-range shot it's forgotten the best shot. it's forgotten I think and I think that's you look at some of the best scorers in the league, you know, like a Kawhi, a, a PG, um, um, maybe not Harden as much, but, you know, look at guys like that, the guys who can get into uh, the mid-range, knock shots down consistently. I think that's one thing that I'm trying to elevate in my game. Guys, bit about, that's Donovan uh, Mitchell. Emmanuel Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Donovan tonight, 24 points on 10 of 17 shooting. And uh, he only took two three-pointers tonight. Getting back to what you wrote about before the game, Ben, and what we talked about in our hot topic tonight, he is much more efficient. You heard him talk about that in his last answer there, that it used to be all about the rim and three, and now he's being more patient and other stuff is opening up for him. I, I, I get it. I get why three is more than two, and layups are better than mid-range shots, but if they're not going to guard you in the mid-range... You should probably take that shot occasionally yeah. because it's going to be the best look you get in the half-court set. I mean, it might not be the best shot ideally if you could drop every play to get the perfect shot, but that's not how the league works because the other team has a defense, and they're trying to stop you from getting those good shots. So if they're going to give you that mid-range jumper and you can hit it the way Donovan Mitchell's hitting it right now, yeah, take it and run away with it. I mean, that, that's not a hard uh, formula for him. And if you don't have to work hard to get points... You're going to win a lot of games. Yep. All right, let's t- uh, check out your points in the paint real quick. Brought to you by our friends at Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Jazz outscore, outscored the Clippers tonight in the paint 52-48. to 48. Coming up right around the corner, we'll take you back down into the locker room. We'll continue to break this one down as well. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. The Jazz beat the Clippers 110-96 to right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Ten to ninety-six is your final. The Jazz beat the Clippers. They moved to four and one on the season. They are three and zero at home. It's your Jazz game night post-game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, with you. It's brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Let's check out your assist feature. Proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, Ben, the Jazz on the assist front, 23 assists on 44 made baskets. They were led by Joe Ingles, who had seven assists. Emmanuel Moutier had five assists. Uh, Mike Conley with five assists in the starting lineup. Donovan Mitchell added two. So did Boyan Bogdanovich. 
Uh, but uh, talking about Joe Ingles a little bit, uh, Ben, we wondered what his role would be like coming off the bench, and more and more it's looking like not only, I mean, he's going to have to make shots, there's no doubt about it, but he is that playmaker. He and Moutier coming off the bench are those guys that are going to be responsible for getting everybody else going. And and you may look at the two of four from three and go, what are you doing, Joe? But really, he's, he's making it happen for everybody else. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that initiator where he's going to have to take a secondary role as a scorer might be what we see from him where he steps in in that huge third quarter the Jazz had and hits a three and, and kind of gets it going and hits the big timely shot. But he's not going to be that Lou Williams type six man who comes right. in and gets 13 shots off the bench like I think some uh, assumed he might. So that's going to be the role he has to take. He certainly seems happy playing that role. And you love seeing those assist numbers continue to climb for uh, for the Jazz and, and certainly for Joe Ingles and good for him for being willing to do it. I mean, seven assists off the bench. There's not a ton of guys in the league no. who can do it, period. You know, one thing I like, uh, you, you hear a lot of lip service. Ben, you've been in this business for a long time. You hear, um, and, and maybe this is just me being cynical, but a lot of times I hear answers like, oh, I'll just do whatever the team needs. And I roll my eyes, right? You know, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure you do. Right. But but Joe says that, and Joe is one of the few players that I, I really believe. Derek Favors was another one, by the way, because their actions – back up what they say you know when Joe Ingles I mean people are begging Joe Ingles to shoot more and it's just not he's just yep. it's it's not necessarily his game his game is being unselfish and creating for others and and uh, he's he's somebody who kind of backs up those claims with actions and I thought tonight was a good example of that and that is really one of the things that Dennis Lindsay as he's built this this jazz culture what he calls jazz DNA and he loves to say jazz DNA and talk about it that really is what he means it, it, it is guys who are going to come in and root for each other enough that they're willing to change their role mm-hmm. so everyone else on the team can have success. I mean, it really can't just be about me, 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 and we're going to hope to stick you know, 15 me guys into a room and hope it works out magically. It's not going to work out. So Dennis Lindsay going out and saying guys who are going to play with Jazz DNA are going to take a back seat to one another when they need to, are going to root for one another, and that's how they're going to build this thing to, to go to the next level. That's that's Joe Ingles. I mean, yeah. that, that's what the Jazz have done with Joe and, and, and what Joe's given back to the Jazz. And, and it's good to see. All right, Ben, let's throw things back down to the locker room. Let's hear from the man of the night, Mike Conley. You know, had a lot of confidence coming in, playing in this kind of offense. You always talked about how this kind of game would come. At what point tonight did you sense that this was going to be a pretty special night for you? Um, I think early in that third quarter, you know, you hit hit one and hit two, and you just kind of feel it going. and. Um, you feel the energy from the crowd, the te- you know the teammates, and it's like, all right, yeah, this is this is the game. So, um, man, I knew it was gonna come. You know, hate that it had to start this way, but um, hopefully, it's the beginning of you know the positive Mike. You know, so as the crowd is calling your name, and I mean it's, it's October 30th, the crowd's calling your name. You're playing that way. Did you sense they had the same feeling you did about uh, what it means to play like that, especially in this building? Oh yeah. Um, Man, I've never experienced that before in you know 13 years of playing basketball and um, especially October 30th you know that was um, that's unique it was special uh, I could tell they were feeling like I was you know they were they were waiting and had a lot of energy built up and um, you know just emotional so uh, it was great it was great to feel that you've never had your name chanted ever I have but not you know, I mean it's like every time I touch the ball I heard my name going and um, you know, it was it was you know it was special. You said before that the misses didn't feel any different. Did did tonight feel any different or not? You're still <laughs> no. I was shooting the same the same type of shot. So I think once I saw a couple go in, I was you know 
you just feel a little bit more confident um, with each one and letting it go. So, uh, but yeah, I was getting the same looks that I've been getting all you know all year so far, and you know you can't shoot any worse. So I think you know, eventually it's gonna it's gonna fall. Coming in, Emmanuel said you did something different. What did you do different to prepare for this game? Everything. <laughs> I did everything different. No, I. Uh, um, they tried. They had to pull me off the court this morning. I was gonna shoot, keep shooting. And they're like, no, just save them, save them, save them. I'm like, but I gotta, I gotta keep shooting. I keep, get the, you know, get this rhythm. And they're like, no, you're gonna be fine. And my teammates were all behind me. Emmanuel, um, you know, my point guard is always behind me, always, you know, in my ear. And uh, coach, you know, pulled me aside and said, hey man, just, just be you. You know, don't worry about anything. Just, you know, I, that's, you know, I play like myself. And, um, and that's what we all envision. You expected this defense to be connected and tough and all of that. In some ways, with just how well you guys have played when at your optimal level, has it exceeded at least mildly some of the expectation you might have had? Um, like as far as how well just it's Just how been. early, how well yeah. How early. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think it's funny. Like I, We saw a little bit of the numbers earlier today when we were working, but um, we still feel like we got a long way to go. Like there's a, Maybe because Coach only shows our negative plays, but... <laughs> Um, you know, we just we're, we're so grounded. We're still worried about every little detail, and um, and we do have a long way to go. I think we will we will get there defensively, and uh, offense will follow off that. What do you think about that? <laughs> Is it? Oh, Donovan Mitchell criticizing the sweatshirt. I didn't. I didn't make the shirt. I, I just bought it. <laughs> Looks good. Thanks, Mike. All right, thank you, guys. That's Mike Conley. Let's go back to you. Thanks, Tony. Mike Conley, the man of the night, 29 points on 11 of 17 shooting, uh, 5 of 8 from 3, had 5 assists. He was absolutely phenomenal, 18 points in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, interesting to hear him talk about uh, what the coaches were telling him, what his teammates were telling him, uh, what he was telling himself, including, well, it can't get any worse, which I got a little bit of a chuckle out of. Yeah. But, uh, you, I mean, Ben, you and I talked about it. You knew Mike was going to come along, and, and he did so tonight in spectacular fashion. I- I guess I did wonder how far along was he going to come? Mm-hmm. You know, was he going to get back to superstar Mike we saw for long stretches last year? Was it going to be over age 30 point guard in the NBA that generally starts to trail off a little bit, especially at six feet tall like Mike Conley is? There really was a question for me of how much of what we have seen from Mike Conley in his career was going to follow him to Utah. And seeing it tonight shows, oh, all of it can come back. Maybe it's not as frequent as it was last year, but all of it can be there. And now you got to keep him healthy and, and keep him, you know, playing well. And, and if you can do that and get him into the postseason, the Jazz are going to be as good as anybody. Let's take a look at your Master of the Glass tonight, Ben, brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. They're back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight Auto Glass also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. And I, I love tonight's Master of the Glass just because he did it in 14 minutes. And Ed Davis, as far as his rebound rate, is just through the roof. He had nine boards tonight, Ben, in 14 minutes, including three offensive rebounds. The guy, I mean, talk about Master of the Glass. The guy's just a wizard. Uh, I love it. I love seeing Ed Davis play. I love the way he plays basketball, especially on the glass. Can I give you a stat? Please. Can I give you a crazy stat? I'm ready. So through five games now, Donovan Mitchell, I think he scored 32 was his season high. He's been over 30. Yep. Boyan Bogdanovich had 29 yep. a couple nights ago. Tonight, Mike Conley has 29. 
How long do you think it took the Jazz last year until the third player on the roster scored 29 points or more? And so until the Jazz had three different players, because you know, you know Donovan did it a bunch. So Donovan did it once. Jay Crowder did it on January 1st of, this, uh, of, of, of 2019. Yeah. When do you think the third player to do it was? Wow. And who would it have been? Maybe Rudy in March? Grayson Allen did it the final game yeah, of the season. Yeah, that's right. The Jazz didn't get their third player to score 29 points or more until game 82 last season. They've got it in game five this year, and it's two with the new guys that they added in the offseason. That is a great stat, Ben Anderson. That's why the Jazz went out and added those guys. I mean, you have to have scorers in the NBA, and the Jazz have three guys who can go out and give you basically 30. Am I the only one kind of shocked Jay, uh, Jay Crowder got to 29 at some point Jay last Crowder year? last year on the road at Toronto in a loss. Had uh, 30 points, six rebounds, zero assists. They had a good game, though. I'm not going to complain about him not getting assists. That's awesome from Jay. Wasn't there, Adrian, help me remember, what game was it last year where didn't Jay Crowder have something like six assists and everybody made fun of him because it was such a, like, Jay Crowder never gets six yeah, assists. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but anyway. What, he hit nine threes that night or something? Yeah, that, that's a great step in, no doubt about it. Five games, uh, three different players have scored at least 29 points. Uh, that that's exactly what they wanted to do in the offseason. They went out and got Donovan more help. And you know what? Donovan's production hasn't fallen off at all. Donovan was great tonight. 10 of 17 for 24 points, five boards, and two assists. I mean, that's terrific. He's he, he's a very casual 25-point-per-game score. I mean, he just he, he, by suiting up and lacing up his sneakers, he's going to give you basically 25 points. And then you have to find the other guy around him. Carl Malone could always do it. The Jazz didn't break through until they found the other guy could yep. do it. That was Jeff Hornacek. That's what Dennis Lindsay did this offseason. Yeah, wow. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, uh, 110 to 96 is your final. Coming up on the other side, we'll get some final thoughts uh, from Ben Anderson about this one, and then we'll look forward to the Sacramento Kings. Ben also has a piece up at kslsports.com. We will talk about that. It's all straight ahead. Your final, 110 to 96. Jazz beat the Clippers. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz win 110-96, Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. There's your call of the night from our good friend David Locke. Let's take a look real quick at your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz from 3, 11 of 24, 45.8%. Mike Conley led the way, 5 of 8 from 3. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich was 2 of 5. Joe Ingles, 2 of 4. Jeff Green, uh, 204. And Ben, it's uh, it's another game where uh, the three-point attempts aren't quite uh, quite as high as maybe we'd expect or, or maybe we're used to. But certainly if you make 11 of them, that's going to be plenty. Yeah, when you shoot that percentage that the Jazz did tonight, you're going to be very happy, 45%. You know, 11 makes is a lot. You just, yeah, usually want to be up around 35, 35 attempts. So uh, kind of funny the Jazz aren't getting those numbers up at this point. Uh, again, it does come down to the number of shots that you're seeing from Donovan Mitchell taking, uh, being taken inside the three-point arc. And as long as they're going in, I don't think anyone cares. Uh, over the, the course of the season, you're probably going to want to see some of those start to back out a little bit. But he's not going to turn into DeMar DeRozan for the Spurs, who does you know the majority of his work in that mid-range spot. But 
DeMar DeRozan's been putting up 20 points in the NBA for a long time, made a bunch of all-star games, and took the Raptors to a bunch of playoff series doing it. So if uh, Donovan Mitchell can channel a little bit of that and take the best parts of that game and keep up over 40% like he is on the season from the three-point line, the Jazz just have a true superstar. And it's not crazy to think that that's who Donovan Mitchell is. I mean, it's not crazy to think he's got that type of potential. Uh, and, and look, Dwayne Wade. I mean, Dwayne Wade's a first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer. Uh, finals MVP and was loving the mid-range game, you know, and that's who Donovan Mitchell's game has been compared to a lot, his ability to get into the paint and, and dribble uh, and attack. That's a, that's a recipe that has worked before, and Donovan Mitchell might have that. I thought you made a terrific point earlier in the show. You know, listen, the Clippers are, are um, going to be a great defensive team when, the, when they're all complete. And they've got a really good head coach in, in Doc Rivers. And the other teams are good, too. And you know what they're trying to take away? Corner threes and shots at the rim. They're, they're trying to force you out of that. And if they're going to give you the mid-range and you can make it, I mean, it, it's how the Jazz lost that uh, the playoff series uh, to the Rockets two years ago when Chris Paul just yep. absolutely devastated them from the mid-range because the Jazz were a good defensive team and took away the threes and took away the rim, and the Rockets and specifically Chris Paul still found a way to win. So, um, you know, analytically you're not in love with the mid-range shot, but if you've got a superstar who's, who's confident in making it and going to go out and make more than he misses and that's what they're going to give him, you know, you got to let him take it. By my count, Donovan Mitchell tonight went eight of eleven in the mid range. Wow, eight of eleven—that's amazing. I mean, that—that's that's perfect. I mean, I don't do it off the top of my head, but I mean, that point per possession is like one point seven five, and and good is anything over one. So if you're going eight of eleven and one point six six, I mean, that that's an unbelievable number if you can do that. And then he still got into the paint. Yeah, he only took two threes. He missed them both. But yeah, eight of eleven. I mean, that—that's the best. Sh- that's, that's better terrific. than anyone. That's that's what Rudy Gobert shoots at the rim. Right. And that's how Rudy Gobert shoots. And if you can get that from mid-range, you're, you're, you're going to be terrific. All right, Ben, let's uh, talk a little bit about your piece on the game tonight up at uh, kslsports.com. Of course, you can always follow Ben on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. But uh, what is tonight's subject? The third quarter boost the Jazz had. Remember, they opened the uh, they opened the second half. The Jazz were up 52-51. They gave up back-to-back baskets to that backcourt from the Clippers, and the Jazz found themselves down 55-52. Donovan Mitchell hits a 19-footer, speaking of the mid-range game. Then Conley goes and hits the uh, three-pointer, which which broke the dam for, for Conley finally. And and the Jazz from there were, were just absolutely buckets the rest of that quarter. They end up winning at 38-20. Conley was 6 of 8 on the night, or I should say 6 of 8 on shots just in the third quarter alone. Uh, he had two free throws. He had an assist to Boyan Bogdanovich on a three-point shot, an alley-oop to Rudy Gobert, which you had touched on earlier. I mean, he single-handedly was responsible for 23 points in that in that third quarter. And that's, you know, that's a that's a full quarter's worth of offensive output for most teams, 23 points, especially in these Jazz games when the pace is a little slower. So, all Mike Conley in the third quarter. You can read it at kslsports.com. And the third quarter was, was really special, not only for what happened on the floor, but uh, in the middle of it all, they did the, um, uh, the five for the fight on the floor where they had the five fighters up there and everybody had their lights on their cell phones and it was a it was a really really nice moment uh in so the third quarter was just special for for a variety of of different reasons and uh thanks to everybody by the way who supported uh five for the fight tonight um uh, thanks to we um we talked to our good friend Lori early in the or in the pregame show uh but uh, if you text jazz to five zero five 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 uh you can donate five dollars to five for the fight and tonight was a special night for that reason do as it well. tonight 
Look how much fun the Jazz gave you tonight. You know, you can give back five bucks to five for the fight. That's very easy to do tonight. Like you said, text Jazz to 50555. You and I did it during the pregame. Super easy to do. Jumping on board. Actually, uh, we talked to Ryan, the owner of Qualtrics, at the the press conference a week and a half ago. And and the concept of five for the fight is really cool because you're you're crowdsourcing – uh, funding for cancer research, where you, so much of that has been dependent on these these giant donors like like Huntsman and sure. and that sort of thing. But there are only so many of those folks uh, on the planet. Whereas, you know, if you kind of take a crowdsourcing approach, it's a really neat idea. So five zero five 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 text uh, text the word jazz. But no doubt about it, third quarter was special, and uh, we said it earlier, Ben. Not that uh, the game was over uh, per se at the end of the third quarter. The Clippers did make a run in the fourth, but for all intents and purposes, you know, if you can go into the fourth quarter up. 20 points you know you're gonna take it real easy on yourself and you're gonna win a lot of games weird night in the nba including mike conley's breakout i mean just a bunch of storylines that they kind of had to break through a week and a half or i guess what eight days now into the league and and it like mike conley said after the game he he wished it didn't take that long but he hoped this he hopes this is the uh the beginning of positive mike is what he called it and we'll take it too i think jazz fans love to see it all right, uh, there were a couple fights in the NBA tonight, including one uh, with Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Who would you take in the octagon between those two? Oh, probably Embiid. I would think Embiid would kind of fight dirty. He's got so much weight. Oh, he does. He's have got a lot to of have weight. a weight advantage yeah. over uh, over Cat, uh, but Cat's quicker. I mean, he really does. He lives up to that name. He's he's a little more athletic. Oh, did Towns uh, respond? He has to uh, it gone on Twitter. He took to social. Did he? Okay. He took it to That's social. usually uh, Joel Embiid's territory. Yeah. He's, yes. he's, he's a tweeter. Hmm. How about uh, a few that? curse words on that tweet. All right, Ben, uh, give me a couple final thoughts from you as we uh, put a bow on this bad boy and look forward to the Sacramento Kings coming up on Friday night. This Jazz team has been working out a lot of kinks early in the season, and they're 4-1, and one, and they're going to play the Kings, who have not looked like they've had any life so far in the season. There's a very reasonable chance this Jazz team, which should be the worst, in, the worst incarnation of this Jazz team we see all season long, it's probably going to be five and one at the end of this week, and this is going to be the team that is least gelled, you know, is least figured it out. So, uh, bright things are ahead if if this is as bad as it gets for the Jazz. It's pretty ideal. It's pretty amazing. I mean, it's pretty ideal. Oh, yeah. can I give you? Here's my stat. I'll All give right. you my stat of the night. Uh, purple Mountain jerseys. We've seen them twice now. It's been the two games that we have seen a good performance from. Mike Conley. When Mike Conley wears the Purple Mountain jersey, he averages 20 points, 6 assists, and 2 rebounds. He shoots 57% from the floor and 50% from the 3-point line. Every other jersey, he averages 6 points, 3 assists, and 2 rebounds. Shoots just 11% from the floor and 7% from the 3-point line. So just only wear the Purple Mountain jersey. Time for a permanent change. That's all he has to do. That's it. <laughs> they do the they do look sharp. I do like the nostalgia of the, the mountain jerseys and the court looks awesome as well. All right, we want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone. Uh, great job bringing the action to us tonight. We appreciate them. Thanks to all the broadcast assistants for the fine work that they do. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Ben, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much for your work tonight. We'll see you soon. One ten to ninety six is your final next broadcast Friday night. Jazz take on the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. That game will tip off at eight o'clock pre game coverage here on the Jazz Radio Network begins at 7. 110 to 96 is your final and you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.